to episode five. These numbers are creeping up of uh, the Island Green. Uh, I'm Landon, that's Nick. We're here to talk about golf and uh, specifically sort of Atlantic Canada golf. Um, five weeks. Yes, we're doing well. The over-under was three, so. I know. We... <laughs> <laughs> Save some of that uh, betting for the, for, the, for the end there. Yes. Uh, excited. Once again, we're reformatting our gambling picks, but we'll get to those in a, in a little bit. I'm getting, um, a le- I'm getting a lesson on gambling. This is the, my favorite part of the podcast so I far. I complete degenerate. Um, <laughs> really pumped today. We have uh, the, the Belvedere boys. Uh, we got Jeff great. and Jamie Moran uh, on, and uh, I hope you guys enjoy it. Those two guys are beauties, and um, you know, if that was a real great interview. I, I love doing that. That was probably one of my favorites. We talked last week about how we've been going up and it wasn't going to be able to go up. So we had to get two for the price of one this week. So we went, we went, actually went to Belvedere to get this one done. That's right. On location. It was really fun. We're open to that. Uh, by the way, before we go any further, happy belated, buddy. Thank you. Thank you. Yes. My birthday was Saturday. Are uh, you in the senior division at this point or are you close to the video? <laughs> I got I got nine years left till I qualify for the Champions Tour. So, wow. Okay. Set, all right. I'm setting my goals. All right. All right. Wow. That's that's unreal. I didn't. Uh, yeah. It was a pretty pretty fun day. Just got some sledding and. Uh, what sledding? Oh yeah, Stone Park. Oh no it's way. It's like a rocket. Those those hills are like maybe I don't know if those are like rockets. Oh yeah. No, I've been there. They're frozen. A lot right of now. kids are over here at Glen Stewart School now. Just just I'm staring at the place right now. Saturday, it was just bumping over there. Yeah, Saturday was busy at the hills, and then uh, nice home cooked dinner, and yeah, no. What's was, your go to? What's your What's your favorite dinner? Like, I always get a birthday dinner on my birthday. Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah. What's your What's your birthday dinner? This year, I went uh, chicken enchiladas. What? <laughs> That's so random. <laughs> Mine's always the same. Mom, oh no, I mom always up. asks me. She says, "What do you want?" And it's always it's homemade spaghetti and meatballs. That's my That's my comfort food. I love it. I got a hilarious story. I have to tell it about chicken enchiladas made me think of it. So (laughs) please, the floor is yours. Yeah. So Nick Peters and I were in California for a golf trip. So we were at uh, PGA West, La Quinta. This is like, wow. Yeah. This was quite the trip. No joke. I'll do the whole trip story another time, but this is specifically about the, the food. So one of the nights, there was an authentic Mexican restaurant kind of on site, and we said, let's go eat there tonight. Now, when I say authentic, I mean not American Mexican, but Mexican Mexican. And I never... Cats and dogs? I don't know. Just <laughs> I'd never eaten that authentic before. So All right. All right. I ordered, um, I believe it was enchiladas. So I'm or, shocked. Or... Anyway, so the food comes and we have these margaritas and you know authentic. So get my dish and I'm trying to cut through the uh, meat. Yeah, trying to cut. Yeah, get get the meat. So I'm cutting and I'm telling you, I'm cutting for my life with this steak knife and I can't get through what the outer shell. And I'm thinking, what is going on here? So I finally, after a couple minutes, crack through it and I start crunching it and like I felt like my teeth were going to break. Like. I could be wrong, but I don't think whatever meat you're eating shouldn't be crunchy. No? Correct. Okay. So I'm eating it and it's crunching and Nick's laughing because I'm like, I don't know, this doesn't, this isn't right. This doesn't taste so good. So the waitress <laughs> comes over and she says, how's everything? I said, well, I'll tell you the truth. Like, I don't know. Like, is this overcooked? It's really hard. Um, it's hurting my teeth. She said, no, no, no. That's the authentic kind of corn husk that goes around the meat. <laughs> 
and we cook it in, and you're supposed to spoon the meat out of the corn husk. Well done, well done. And then eat it. Uh-huh. So, anyway. Yeah, apparently, you were starving. I was hungry, and Nick, he's to this day now, when we, you know, we talk about the trip or anything, he says, remember that time you almost chipped your teeth eating corn husk? Because I, I didn't know the rule was, do you pull the meat out of it and kind of eat it? So, Wow. That's, yeah, that kind of puts a damper on the fun. The yeah, but we had, we did have some. You know, the other place we ate up there was P.F. Chang's. Oh my gosh, that's for another day. We got, I could do a food podcast. Wow, but that was my, that's my enchilada story. That's why anyway, I picked them for Saturday night. It was a good weekend with the for the birthday and well, I, I, onward, it's a good upward. thing that we're doing this early uh, this morning. Like it is now like quarter to ten a.m. and this is not prime podcasting time. I gotta say, like no. I got the pounding the coffees into me here and and trying to figure out life. I'm an afternoon guy. I'm yeah, a, I'm not a morning guy. Yeah, typically that would have that story would have kind of made me hungry, but yeah, I'm good. I don't need the corn husks. Um, sa- Sunday afternoon, actually, you know, birthday weekend. I guess I got so I, I watched. I was watched the golf. Yep. My wife said, you know, go downstairs and watch the golf. And did you watch the final round of I watched most of Bay it. Hill? Yeah, I watched most of it. Yeah. Here's my uh, question. It kind of kind of irked me. I know I, exactly what you're going to say. I know, say. and I, I have to get it off my chest. I'm not an yep. angry person, but... So... If it you should turn, be a rule. If you, turn off the, if you turn on the PGA Tour nowadays and watch it, there's guys getting drops everywhere. Electrical cords, oh yeah, free drop. It's plugged, free drop grandstands you know and i i'm not saying they shouldn't get those free drops but how do you not get a free drop when, when you, you pipe hit it, it down the middle of the fairway 300 yards on the 18th hole yeah. with a chance to win the tournament and yeah. goes in the sand divot and they're like when no. you hit your drive perfect i here here's the thing i think personally that every single person you know is that i that we can think of agrees that it should be a drop like you should you know there's enough like it should be considered in my opinion like if it was rain soaked or embedded, like you just get a drop right next to it. Just, you know, ground under repair. You go to courses that's exactly around here. what it's called. That's yeah. what it is anyway. But without beating that to a dead horse, cause I think we're all in agreement there. What are the arguments against it? Like, what are the arguments, I guess, for it? I guess the better way of saying like, what, like, what are they just saying? Like, that's part of the game. Rub of the green and well, play it as it lies. But, but if that's the case, then any ground under repair would be under that same argument. Like I, I, you know, trying to play both sides of the the coin here. I I mean, I had that written down too because I just thought, what a that's a shitty way to end your round and such. I mean, these guys are good and they they make good shots out of them, but they shouldn't have to when they hit a perfect drive. Well, he hit it and he's just before you leave the tee. You know, he's loving it, thinking I'm a one right now. I'm steak sauce looking at this one, yeah, and he yeah. walks up and sees it. He handled it pretty well after though. He just said he 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 himself even said. If no, they change the, the way rule, goes. I'm going to go to Avondale. I'm going to hit my drive off number two, and I'm going to take it out of that sand trap that's right in the middle and just say that that's ground under repair. Yeah. Because <laughs> it's right in the middle of the fairway. <laughs> and I hit it, well, most times I actually hit a good one, and that's where it ends up. It's such a bummer. You just, you hate to see people get penalized after good quality golf shots. That's the only thing I, because. I, I agree. Know. I agree completely. Uh, it was actually fun watching Bay Hill, though, um, watching you know the the Bryson show and such. And right where that is, that number six, that par five. Um, I'll, I'll tell my Bay Hill story. Um, so back, oh my God, years and years ago, early late nineties, I think, uh, I went on the ultimate golf trip, 
And I'm gonna we're gonna have Chris Irwin on here because he was kind of the host of this golf trip, and uh, and so we went down. He'd be a decent host. Yeah, he's, he, he's gonna be a great interview. I hope we get fun Irwin and not business Irwin. Anyway, we'll uh, <laughs> we'll get him on. We'll get point. both. So uh, I was all pumped, and um, <laughs> the the the, the pre story is pretty funny because um, there are as you may know, some benefits of being a professional, like a, like a, like a playing professional, a CPGA card. Yep. PGA Canada members. We have like a benefits section where we get some perks. This right. might not be available right. to the regular people. So, uh, Chris wanted me to somehow get a card so that we could enjoy some of the perks, I've def- including getting into Bay Hill, these PGA tours, some of the tournaments. I'm not sure if them, all of them, but some of them, for nothing so <laughs> i've definitely gotten a phone call to her before saying hey uh i'm not going to say who it was no he is a absolute beauty he had an older card he gave it to me and it wasn't a picture card so you know the name was you know on there but i happened to work at holland college at the time so I may have gotten an ID made with a picture under a oh, different name. Oh, my goodness. It's not my first foray into a fake ID, Mom. I'm sorry. I'm criminal ma- I'm sorry. criminal mastermind beside me. Gam- gambling fake anyway, IDs. I thought this was kind of a minor infraction. So I head down, and I've got the, the CPGA card and my, and my ID to back it up. And we walk into Bay Hill, and uh, it was just as we thought. We, we drove in. We parked. And no joke, we were the way we walked in the entrance was right along the lines of that par five that that Bryson was uh, driving it over. And I turned the corner, and the very first golf professional that I had seen in my life—I'd never been to a tournament before, I'd never been anywhere. Tiger Woods walked right across the cart in front of me, and I remember it like it was yesterday because he was playing with Vijay Singh, and I turned around and I was like looking at Chris going. Did this just happen? By the way, he was shorter than I thought. But anyway, because he just seems like larger and, than life. And VJ's a big And VJ, he looks short next to VJ. He's a, he's a big man. But anyway, so that was our first, that was the first time that I'd ever seen a professional, and it was and it was Tiger Woods. She just turned around and left. And George, so, George Costanza. So continue, continuing on that for a quick second, um, the boys that we were with, it was Dwayne McGregor, Yusef, Chris, myself, and anyway, all the boys wanted to go to the driving range to hit ball, like watch the hit, you know, Nick Faldo hit balls. I have not, I like Nick Faldo and all of that, but I wanted to see Tiger Woods. So, and I mean, we're talking like this was right around, if it was 90, early 2000s. So he was right in his prime. And so anyway, convinced Chris, didn't take a lot of convincing. I said, let's go see Tiger Woods. Anyway, so we went out and we found him. He was taking his second shot on a par five, and he, we caught him up on the caught up on the fairway, and he hit his second shot. And he hit he hit it on the green, so the whole crowd went to the green to see if he made his eagle putt. Well, Chris kind of gave me an elbow and said, "Let's go to the next tee block. We'll get right up there." So we walked, and we were standing literally probably five feet from the tee block. So he missed his uh, eagle putt back there, and he walks over. And on the other side of the tee block was basically house-lined. So typically that's where all the players went because they don't want to be mingling with the crowd, right? Like they want to be sort of on that side and they're, they're doing their business. Anyway, Tiger, <laughs> Tiger comes, and again, these are the things that you never forget. He, he hit his tee shot, 
and there were so many people around, we couldn't really see where it went, like as in relation to the fairway. We could only see like it taken off. And he mumbled to himself, ah, tiger. I mean, it was, it was perfect. It was right in the middle of the fairway. But anyway, but instead of walking over to Steve Williams on the other side of the T block by the houses, he walked to our side to where Chris and I were standing. And he was literally like, I could have slapped him on the ass and said, great shot. That's how close he was to me. And I looked over at Chris and we were kind of like frozen, kind of the slow motion look around at each other. And, and we're like, oh my God, he's like right there in front of us. <laughs> anyway, and completely starstruck anyway. And then he, they, they moved on and, uh, and Chris and I were, you know, looking at each other as we were walking down the fairway and we're just like. I've never been so starstruck in my entire life. Like that, that was just shoot me now. Like my golf, it's, it's over. It doesn't get any better than that anyway. And then we went back and watched, uh, you know, uh, the boys hit balls in the driving range, which was really cool, by the way. I, I don't think there's too many people that you could say grown men, you know, Ab- absolutely. Absolutely. Someone walks over to them and they, in their head, they're saying, Oh my God, like, the yeah. way you reaction just was yeah. it's like there's not too many people out there that can make it yeah have there, that there really isn't i've been i've been really lucky and you know i've played in like the nhl all uh what do they call it the uh, old timers uh alumni uh you know games and stuff like that with all of these ray bork and you know all of these you know higher was not the same at all like yeah. tiger it's next different level uh, i think a lot of the guys like going to the range watching them hit yeah yeah. It's just kind of cool to see yeah, I mean, their just, warm-up routines and, and how the sound and how they strike it and stuff. I if, think now I'd have a way more way more of an appreciation than than then. <laughs> At that time, I was just starstruck by what was going on. That was, it was just... <laughs> Bryson's drive was pretty cool when he put the arms up in the air and smashed it. I, he he would have got to the green if he'd taken that exact line, but like he said, it was just playing a little safe, but still wanted to get it, but that was pretty cool. Yeah, I... and. And everybody's like, well, why doesn't he just go for the green? I'm like, well, first of all, it's not like you're going to spin it backwards. Like, you're going to yeah. go over. But also, uh, you you didn't really need that. I mean, he's not trying to albatross, you know, double eagle this thing. He's he's trying to make an eagle or a birdie. Yeah. Which you can definitely do with a good lie just in front of the green. That was fun, though. 55 yards on a par five is just... Like, Isn't that that's people just, are like, oh, he should have went to the greens. Like he had fifty five yards on a par. Reminds me of Jeff Kowalski last year. I was playing him in a match play, and he had, on number ten at Fox Meadow. He hit this one up into the wind. The man can smash the ball, and he hit it to eighty seven yards on number ten. Jesus. Yeah, that furrowed brow of yours is pretty much was my reaction as soon as he hit it. I hit a good one too, but it was nowhere near where where he was. Canadian played well. Corey Connors. Ah, oh, well. Yeah, he really better than did. well. <clears throat> Could have won us. I can't get over how smooth his swing is. Like his, we'll, we'll get into our picks and and kind of a recap on that. But what a smooth swing! Like he is my. I'm not. I'll, I'll, spoiler alert. He's he's on my list for for this week. Okay. Yeah, I know he's not on yours, but okay, we'll get to that in a bit. But yep. let's talk about. Um, did you see like the Amazon? partnership with the pga tour um they're they're partnering up and they're going to be giving like every shot from every player with an archive of 100 years or something like that's a pretty cool partnership that they've got lined up yeah i i I read and like the headline of the article amazon and i think it debuts this weekend at the players where you can click on 
any player that's yeah. playing this weekend, and you can watch every shot. Yeah. So, I, a question for you then. Welcome to the 21st century yes. PGA Tour. How do you watch golf right now? Are you cable subscriber, or are you streaming it through? Um, we. How do I watch golf? Uh, ba- like I've got I've got Bell like Fiverr TV. Okay, whatever, so you have Fiverr so. up. Yeah, so Golf Channel pregame, and then it goes into the NBC or whatever it is, CBS okay. afterwards. So we, at our house, we got rid of cable a couple of years ago. Uh, most of the stuff right now, the kids are doing it's Netflix, yep. YouTube, yep. streaming stuff. So we have a Chromecast. So I got the Golf TV subscription, which is the partner of the PGA Tour to broadcast the golf. Mm-hmm. It is awful. Yeah, it know. is the worst subscription ever. <laughs> They have worst customer service ever. <laughs> Probably because you're reeling on them for not having certain coverages. It, but it's it's unbelievable. The Canada coverage that they have, I guess it's okay in the U.S., but it's the Canada coverage specifically. There was tournaments where I go to watch the fourth round, and the Canada coverage would kick in, and those leaders were on hole 15. So you're catching three holes of the action. Or they don't broadcast any of the good events that aren't, partners right so you don't get pga us open mass none of that anyway i'm a big fan of amazon so i i'm i'm really like as far as like i i all my all the businesses like they're all on their web services their hosting platforms like it's a huge conglomerate back end of of all the internet services so i mean they're gonna have like video and audio dating back to like the 1928 los angeles open did I tell you about, were you, did you ever see on YouTube, and if you, you haven't seen it, you should Google it. It is incredible. The the Shell Wonderful World of Golf, Jack Nicklaus versus Sam Snead. It was held. Never in, never it, saw it. It was held in like 1967 or something. Uh, it was one of the first color broadcasts for golf. Um, so they digitally remastered it, and it was held at Pebble Beach. And... If you Google it and you watch, just just anybody that's listening, just watch it for about five minutes. You will be hooked because, first of all, it looks incredible. Like you're looking at Jack Nicholas in his early 20s versus like Sam Snead. And, you know, it's it's crystal clear. And all of the things that you notice, like what the all the all the spectators are wearing, like suits and, you know, hats and and and. The, the condition of Pebble Beach, it was so rough and the greens were not smooth and but everything's so crystal clear. I thought it was I thought it was absolutely fascinating. And by the way, some of the shots that Sam Sneed makes are banana lands. And crazy. Um uh, the Shell's Wonderful World of Golf used to be a great show. All the they'd had oh, some, yeah. they had some amazing matches. You know, it only ran for like nine years or something like that. I remember they must've just been rebroadcast forever. Cause I remember that. And I mean, you know, they were all done before my time. Now they do like the matches with athletes and partnering up with, or they've done a couple tiger versus Phil and yeah. stuff like that. Yeah. for The big money. <laughs> the first one was brutal. Yeah. It was bad golf. It was so bad. It was bad golf. They don't, people are going, okay. So this is a point of contention. I don't think, like Tiger Woods, right? The icon golf specimen that that man is. I don't think he's a good trash talker at all. Like he is, he he was like golf robot. You know, he's out there, whatever. 
he learned how to tune it all out. Whereas like guys like like Phil, for example, but and and some of these other guys that when they let loose, like I was always jealous of like Spieth and Fowler and those guys. Like I feel like when they're on a course, they're just giving it to one another, like Justin Thomas and these guys. Like they to me, those guys know how to like trash talk a little bit. Tiger doesn't know how to do that. No. Like he was never he never kind of I don't know. The he always proved it with his play. Right. Yeah. He he would yeah, he'd let his play do the talking and he would just focus on what he was doing. But like you you tell like Phil he can get in people's heads. Yeah. He can chirp. Yeah. The, the one the the one I enjoyed um was the uh the the one with Brady. Yeah. Brady and Peyton. That was pretty and, fun. Yeah, that was fun. It was too bad it was pouring. But the, um, the fun part was is you had the commentators who were chiming yeah, in too, and everybody's right. mic'd up together. So Suck they can on that, Chuck. Yeah, that was awesome. <laughs> and then you hold it. That was amazing. Yeah. Suck, yeah. suck on that, Chuck. Yeah. Oh, that was then amazing. Then went to Super Bowl nine months later. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I, I think there's something there. I mean, personally, I, I don't think they need to have Phil and Tiger on all of those anymore. I think that, you know, like the people that I just mentioned, um, get a Max Homa in there. Obviously, his Twitter account's just on fire, so I think he'd be a really good... Uh, you know, chirper or whatever, but make it make it entertaining. I did like all the camera angles and the commentators, and that I think they learned a lot from the first match. They knew that people there was definitely room for improvement. The uh, anyway, so yeah. Oh, let's go. Uh, we even though this is a golf podcast, it really okay. affected me when Walter Gretzky passed away. Yeah, that was on. Friday, I believe. Maybe, no, maybe Thursday. Yeah, it was, uh, it was late last week. Um, Canada's ultimate hockey dad, man. Like, you know. Yeah. I don't know. I He's just like, I was trying to explain to Bernadette, uh, you know, what this guy, <laughs> what this guy means to, you know, Canadians and such. It's kind of tough for her to grasp because A, hockey's not as big as it is in the States that it is here. But also like, um, like she would never have grown up watching Gretzky or, you know, and all that kind of stuff. But anyway, um, just a complete class act. And, uh, some of the things that I read about him, you know, with regards to what he did to back, back in the day, like, um, well, I didn't know he had a stroke first of all. The, what I find interesting is yes, the, you know, father to Gretzky, but, Anytime, like he was just so personable with everybody. Any event he would go to, he'd, you know, obviously he'd sign autographs, but he'd take pictures and just hang out. And he was just, you know, even like youth hockey, he'd go to the rink in Brantford. It didn't matter on a Saturday afternoon who was playing. It could have been, you know, U9A hockey. And he'd just go up into the dressing room and talk to the players and high five, like just. He was a bell lineman. He was a coworker of mine. <laughs> he was a co- he was he was legit a, until he he hurt himself, uh, and I don't know he was on disability or whatever. But uh, yeah, he was a, he was a bell. He worked on the lines in Bell, and he continued to drive. He used to have a blue uh, station wagon, which he drove even when Wayne Gretzky signed for you know hundreds of thousands or millions of dollars way back in the in the eighties. He still drove like this blue station wagon, like the ultimate humble dad you know i i just i think he's he was just a, a role model for hockey dads everywhere and uh definitely be missed he's obviously been under the limelight for 
for quite some time. Um, but uh, yeah, pretty sad. I was thinking, I was driving. I always do my best thinking when I'm driving, right? You know, you're driving along, and you're just like, yeah, what can we talk about? You know, especially right now when there's not a whole lot of golf news going on. Yeah. And I, I, I wanted to, I wanted to ask you. All right, so here's here's a hypothetical, but it may happen uh, event for this summer. Okay, we're having a we're having a scramble, me versus you. All right. Okay. Uh, it doesn't matter where it's being held. You've got to pick three island golfers to play with you. So we're going to end up playing. We're actually we'll we're gonna we're gonna go through that right now. But we'll do this draft style, and since this was my idea, I will give you the first overall pick. And uh, you know, oh, gosh, let let this is all hypothetical. And if we omit somebody, don't get all pissed off and sooky. This is just sort of off the cuff. Uh, we didn't do any research on this, no. so <laughs> I'm scrambling right now. <laughs> I think literally, I, I think Fred's going right on the PEIGA website here, trying to figure out. Okay, who, so who, uh, who I, we get. I know it's hypothetical, and I don't want to get too caught up in the rules. But you got thirty they, seconds to pick your first pick. Do they have to like me? Like, do we have to be friends no, with them? No, Anyone? No. Okay. Yeah. No, this is anybody. Four person scramble. Four per. Well, you're yeah, exactly, and you're Four one per- of them. Yep, yep. Um. So three guys. Who are you picking? Who's your first overall pick? I'm taking Nick Peters. Wow. I feel oh well, he doesn't like you, so No, exactly. That's, <laughs> that's why that's why I asked. <laughs> well, I he wouldn't say, agree he I, wouldn't agree to it, so that's why I have to I was gonna throw in the fact that Okay, we can do this. We we'll we'll do this one as anybody on the island. <clears throat> which would include pros such as Nick. And if that's the case I'm picking our interview subject. I'm picking Jamie Moran all day for for my first pick. I'm picking Nick just because he hits his driver so long and so straight every time. I don't care why you're picking Nick. Okay. Yeah, that that doesn't matter. Okay. Okay, so I've already labeled my second pick or the second overall pick. Can't believe Nick. Nick is going to have bragging rights. He was the first overall pick in our imaginary draft. Yeah, I know. All right, who's who's your next? Um... Oh my gosh! I, there's so many good golfers in PEI. Um, I'm only doing this to get trash talk for the rest of the week. Yeah, I know. I'm gonna take. I don't know him. Never met him before ever. But I'm gonna take Steven Anderson. Oh, you son of a bitch! I don't. You talk like I've I mean, obviously his name's everywhere in golf, and he's a beauty. Uh, he's, can he? And he's can he, he play? Is, well, I think you just picked two guys that hit his driver so straight. Um, yes, he can play. Oh, my God. He okay, so what, but he can't putt with a shit. See, that's the problem. <laughs> if I had more time, I would get into who. He's actually not even a bad putter. He just It's just that he 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 doesn't make a lot that he could make, you know? Like, there's, there's rounds there he'll shoot 68, but he could have legit been 64, because of the way he hits his irons and his pots. Anyway, I'm really bummed that you picked him. Um, okay, well, if I'm going to pick, uh, if pros are included, I am. Uh, I'm throwing. I'm throwing the Fox Meadow. No, my boy, that my was, my boy Giggs. That was my next pick. Well, well, a little bit of payback there. Um, he puts the Giggs. lights out. He makes everything. Let's go. Who do you think you are? I am. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, I've got a pretty solid squad so far. Jamie, Trevor, myself versus you, Nick, and Steven Anderson. 
we're going to have a lot more fun than you are. That's for sure. Yeah. <laughs> be the no fun group. <laughs> NFG. All right. Uh, my last pick. And like, once again, I know this gentleman, but never played golf with him before. Right. I'm going to take Connor Shea. Oh, wow. Yeah. I never even thought of him, but that's a solid, solid pick there. Is that your three? Yeah, yeah, that is your three. Me, Nick, Steve, and Connor. Are we winning? Oh, well, it all depends on who I pick here. You know what? I'm throwing in, I'm going to throw in a competitor, a winner, and a, and a, and an unreal golfer. I'm taking Mark Carraher. Oh, that was my, I was between my, him and Steven. As my round out. Oh, I, you know what? Now that I, now that we've done this, and there's a ton of guys that we could go for a, a while, but I, now that we've done this, like we're missing so many good golfers. Yeah, can we have a taxi That's, squad? Yeah, honest to God. Like the boys I play with on Sunday, they're all unreal. Morton and Pudge and Murph. Anyway, all right. Well, the, throwing throwing the pros in there really kind of threw me for a little bit of a monkey wrench, actually. All right, so, so we were even. You threw me for the wrench. Yeah. Come yeah, up with the scramble I had, idea. I had some of the other guys that I was going to pick, but then you threw a pro in. I, we just kind of rolled with it. But anyway, so that's that'd be a good hypothetical match. I wonder if we could line it up. I'm sure like, the boys would be interested. I feel like everyone's. We, we call it the Island Green Open. Yes. Island Green Scramble. All right. Well, let us know. Uh, you know, <laughs> anybody that's listening, uh, yeah. yeah, let us know if you're interested in that. Listen, we've already mentioned them. Let's go to the interview. Yeah, it's time. Um, yeah, it's definitely time. And uh, without without any further ado, these guys are super nice. They were super welcoming. Hell, they even had water for us when we were we were doing the podcast. That was oh really yeah, nice. yeah. Not, no holds, uh, no, no tablecloths, but we'll let that one slide. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, with, uh, please enjoy the interview with Jamie and Jeff uh, from Belvedere. Super excited to be here today. Uh, we are doing our first in-person interview, and we are doing it on remote. So, two firsts in today's episode. We are. I want to say live, but it won't be here, but we are coming to you from the Belvedere National Golf Club in Charlottetown, PEI, and with us today are the general manager, who is well-known to golfers everywhere, Mr. Jeff A. Fleck, as well as the director of golf and head professional, who's going to get into his story as well today, Mr. Jamie Warren. Thank you, gentlemen, for joining us. It's a pleasure to be here. Thanks for having us, guys. No, thank you for having us. If you guys hear in the background the constant pounding of the sweet sound of pure golf balls being hit, uh, we are right next to the simulator. We are bumping here. It's only mid-afternoon. We just start. Not even mid-afternoon. It's eleven in the morning. I want to ditch the interview halfway through, so go get a few. But these guys are getting ready for the Blue Lobster Cup, so we don't want to interrupt. I'm judging your swings. I'm looking at my head. Are we safe here? Jamie, some business opportunity. Right there. <laughs> <laughs> it sounds good. Uh, yeah, I, you know what? I, I've known uh, I've known you, Jamie, just for a couple of years as you've been here. Uh, Jeff, I've known you considerably longer, my friend, a very long time. I think you met my brother first. Yes, golf we went to uh, school together for two full years. How'd that go? Very exciting. And it was, <laughs> you never knew what was going to pop up next with Mr. Curry. Correct. I just I was bugging him for some stories here, and he basically, and I quote, said, everything that happened in college is in the vault. 
That's a good spot for it, I believe. <laughs> Holland College is like Las Vegas. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we don't talk about Holland College golf stories. Okay, but quickly though, I know I, I, we like to ask everybody sort of like a little bit of their history of how they became to where they are right now as far mm-hmm. as getting in the golf industry. I find it interesting. Everybody sort of starts off like as a junior golfer or whatever, but um, you know, to get into the industry. So if uh, feel free, Jeff, let's uh, let's get into sort of the background. How'd you get how'd you get to where you are? Yeah, well, I had a kind of a later start in golf. I mean, I was a junior member of Crowbush for eight years. Um, in high school, I was trying to figure out what was next on my path, and I ended up at the golf program at Holland College. Um, I started there. It was quite a story as about a 23 handicap in my first year. Did you really? I was wondering about that. Did you play like as a junior? A and- little bit here and there. But just not that, that, that just well. Just not that well. <laughs> it, uh, yeah, so I was a little uh, intimidated, let's just say, my first few years of the golf program. But um, we went through the golf program, and in my third year, you had to take the third year to become uh, a teaching professional, a member of the CPGA at the time. Um, and the summer after I graduated, I actually managed to play in and, and get my card. Uh, a couple solid rounds pretty, of 77, Yeah, that's a pretty so. quick increase and make uh, any pro proud. I, I think yeah. you're bypassing the, the best part of the story is the two-week stretch from the second division at Stanhope into the first <laughs> division at Island Open into playing your pro card in three weeks. Okay, what? please tell me this. Well, yeah, it was the second division of the Stanhope Open. Um, was called a sandbagger. Uh, didn't really know, you know, I, I never broke 80 that much, so I told I told them what my handicap was and pulled off a victory in that uh, tournament. By how, a, by how many? Uh, it was five or six. <laughs> yeah, That's it, a shameful walk to the, to the trophy presentation. I, second I, got, division. I got out of there before the championship division got in because I didn't want to hear it from the guys. You wouldn't get any abuse from the members oh, out there. Yeah, okay. no, no. Then it was off to uh, the Island Open, played real well again in the first division, and managed to track down a, a victory in that one. That was a lot this closer. This was the next week. Yes, they were back-to-back back back. weekends. That's, back that's a pretty solid two. I yep. love how you got knocked down of division after your... Okay, he, he won the second division? Yeah, he's going into first. Oh, yep. he won that? Okay, yeah, okay. Yep. You, pro- you probably tried to enter second division in Island Open, and they were like, Jeff, I don't think so. I did not. I did not want to win a prize. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then off the couple weeks later, uh, we went to try for the PAT, and it, it went well. So it Where was, was that at? Uh, it was at Amherst. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. Ooh, that's nice. not a, that's not an easy track to yeah. get it done. Turkey. And nope. then you pretty much just continued the uh, the, the 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 upward uh, trajectory on the. Well, the the P, uh, CPJ of Canada at the time, um, I was really competitive for first days of many events. <laughs> um, second days <laughs> never never quite turned out so well. Fair. Um, but yeah, no. Back nice little story about when I played in at Amherst. My cousin Brian, who was quite smaller at the time, Brian Afleck. He caddied for me, and uh, we had a couple of good days together. He did a lot of caddying for me over the first four or five years, and well, we see how that turned out. He become quite better yeah. at the game of golf than yeah. He, he's I okay. Ever had. He yeah. can he can he's get it around, I guess. Oh yeah, he's all right. Uh, okay, yeah. So you you got your card, and yep. then you uh, first job that you took as with that card. Yes, was at Fox Metal yeah. with Chris Irwin for five years. Yeah. Chris just had come down from the Hunt Club. Heard of him. Um, yeah, um, great, great way to start out your, you know, assistant career. Uh, Chris was full of knowledge and helped us understand the golf swing better, helped us, you know, make golfers better. Um, and it was great. Um, running tournaments, you know, we, we had a busy five years at Fox Meadow while I was there. Was Fox Meadow was pretty new then when you went, wasn't brand it? Brand new, yeah. Brand new, we, yeah. Were, we were there for the first year it was open. 
Yeah, wow. God, that was... And what, they just celebrated, what, their 20th year, I think, uh, yeah, two, was last year? 2000 they opened, yeah, so, yep, 20 years. It's unbelievable. Time flies. Um, they got rid then, of the fescue. That's nice. Appreciate that, Fox Meadow. So... Yes. Obviously, I met you when you were hanging around Chris. I got a picture of you on my deck. Um, <laughs> turn around, you know, I think you were both face full of a uh, uh, rack of ribs, I think, that my, my father had cooked up. They were delicious. <laughs> uh, and, uh, but, but you had a pretty major uh, setback uh, during your time at, at Fox Meadow. Tell us about that. Yes, in 2003, I was trying to find an affordable way to, you know, travel around as, you know, a young golf professional, and uh, I landed on a motorcycle. Um, thought it was great for the first month. Um, June 23rd, 2003, I left Fox Meadow heading to Murray River to instruct some golf lessons because we taught at both places. Uh, car had missed a turn, and I ended up driving into the side of the car going, you know, 100 kilometers an hour. And, Spent roughly six weeks in the hospital. Uh, Dr. Barry Ling told me I was lucky to be alive. No question. Um, very long year of physio with you know Charlottetown's best, Colin Moore. That's not a plug by any means. It's he got me, he got me back. Um, Put you back together there, Humpty Dumpty. He did. He did. Uh, so yeah, it was it was a tough year. Yeah. Um, there was you know three five days a week, every week of physio, and lots of work at home to try and repair the body. I, I remember actually going to, you had a benefit uh, at the Mount Stewart Fire Hall. And uh, I think uh, myself and Ricky McFarlane headed out there and uh, they had like yeah. a dance and the whole thing or whatever. And that was shortly after. And, and I mean, at that time, I remember getting, hearing that, hearing that, uh, that you were in that accident. And I mean, it was just, it was like Tiger there the other week. It was kind of like, is he alive? Like, it, because, you know, motorcycle yeah. accidents don't often you know, yep. uh, don't end up uh, that way. Um, Highway yeah. mo plus motorcycle, you, uh, you don't think the, the best outcome is right. coming. We had about 15 broken bones and a very damaged left arm, so that's, that was a long yeah. road to recovery. And I remember vividly, actually, because I was a member at Fox, or uh, at least I was playing there or practicing there a whole bunch, and I remember asking you all the time, because you did get back to work, um, and I kept asking... So are you golfing anymore? Or are you still when you're? Ah, I'm trying. I'm trying. And eventually, you know, you kind of kind of worked your way way back. Eh? Yeah, we. I had a chicken wing swing there for a while with a one arm shorter than the other, but uh, we we managed to get around. It was it was yeah quite fun to be able to get back on the golf course. And I actually teed it up the first round in May when we opened in 2004. So it was a pretty quick recovery. Yeah, yeah, to get big time. Back to playing. Okay, so you left Fox Meadow? Yep, I moved up to Anderson's Creek with Kevin Champion for a couple of seasons. Oh, yeah, that's yep. right. Yeah, and, uh, you know, we had some, you know, great success up there. With the uh, member members really liked uh, having events. Um, you know, Benny King uh, and I worked together quite a bit up there. He was he was quite a young man. and So boring, that guy. No fun. That's, well, <laughs> I've, I've heard that. But, uh, no fun, Benny. You know, we, we really tried to put a lot back into the members and uh, for those two years. And, you know, I, I still see, you know, Benny doing that today. So it's absolutely incredible. It was great golf course. I mean, I, I could play it every day. That was pretty new, too, when you went there, wasn't it? Yes. Um, they had opened, I think, four or five years before that. Okay, and, so yeah. Relatively so did new. you go from there to here? No. no. Yeah. Okay, Nick, I didn't realize on, that was man. such a wrong uh, assumption. My bad. I had to babysit my kids all the time, and I had to take them to visit Jeff three days a week just to get them out of the house. Yeah, Haven was a regular customer of mine. That's Dad, right. Dad hit a lot of golf balls, and her and I would have chats for, you know, Nevada hours. Nevada Bobs. 
Fair enough. That's right. Fair enough. I started at Nevada Bob's in 2009 because it was a real unique year-round experience, and I, I love selling golf clubs. I love fitting. Yeah. Um, and, you know, looking back, you know, I'm surprised at how long it had lasted, um, but, you know, it was a great experience. All the people I got to met through the island was, was fantastic. A lot of happy customers, you know, if we got to spend time fitting. Um, so it was wonderful. I, I can't, I can't complain about sick that. trips through Nevada, Bob. Still, a lot of trips. Yeah, I got to see a lot of, a lot of North America that I wouldn't have otherwise. All right, was that the place that had like the scoop of teas for a certain price, and then you just kind of load up a scoop? Or was that Nevada, Bob's? I'm pretty sure it was. Somebody out there probably remembers what I'm talking years, about. Years, years ago, yes. Yeah, you take yeah. your scoop and as many teas as you could fit on there. That's how many it was for like three bucks or something. All I remember about Nevada, Bob's and Jeff is the picture of him and Holly Saunders on the back of the fitting, the fitting room. Forever. Yep. Have, you, have you seen her lately? I don't know what happened. That's another story. <laughs> a lot of stories. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Um, we'll, 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 post, we'll throw a picture up there of the before and before after. Before and after. It's uncanny. Before and after. Unrecognizable. The Holly Saunders show. Um, all right. So, uh, okay. So then, yeah, in June of 2018, uh, a couple of the board members had approached me, said there might be an opening. Um, so I came in and met with a couple of the board members, um, and it was, you know, just a quick interview and answer a few questions and, but a week or so later they had called off me the position for one season in 2018. I accepted. Um, and here we are from there still, still going at it. Were you nervous there coming into this? Like it was a pretty big, you know, GM from. I always wanted to get back into the green grass side of the business. Um, and I knew that if I had come to Belvedere, yeah. I would know where I would stand pretty quickly. Um, that year was well established. Um, it was a great learning year. Um, Jamie was obviously here a couple months ahead of me to begin his journey at Belvedere. Um, so it was just kind of a come in and see what happened here. And then I decided to stay on for another year just to see you know, what we could do to make positive changes for our members, our guests, and you know, all of our tournaments. Um, and it's just been going well ever since. You're on a, a one-year, two-way contract. So far, yeah. <laughs> um, so you mentioned, and he's been he's been so good. He's been sitting here in silence. I know. And just trying to get a word in I with know. him. And i really, really excited to, to learn a little bit more about uh, the our head pro here at Belvedere. Um, and... Uh, I, I think I speak with for, for most folks, um, you know, unless they've played around with you, Jamie, uh, like a lot of folks don't know a whole lot about, you know, sort of where you came from and uh, your, your background in history and uh, love for you to go into a little bit of that. Yeah, no, absolutely appreciate the opportunity to do so. I'm, uh, I'm born and raised in British Columbia, actually, so I grew up in a small town on the northwest coast called Kitimat. That's where I played my golf. Um, started at the age of 13, and, and oh, late was, late start, kind of late start. None of my family played. Uh, I was fortunate. My mom was born in Ireland, and uh, we used to summer back there every couple of every couple of summers. And the summer I turned 13, we went back, and the group of friends I had met had all taken up golf. So I kind of had to take it up to to keep playing with them, and and uh, was hooked immediately. So oh, yeah. Came back home and Santa Claus got me a set of power belts from Sears and oh. and uh, the rest is kind of history. I was lucky enough to get good fairly quickly and really enjoy the competitive side of things. And come my last year of high school, I had kind of a choice to do: should I pursue hockey or golf? And um, they just started the Lethbridge um, PGM program as the first one in Canada, and decided to pursue that avenue of things. And and uh, 
went there. It was great. Um, the Banff Springs hired out of Banff or out of Lethbridge each year and was lucky enough to work there for three summers. They hired us out. What summers were you in Banff? Uh, it would have been summers of 95, 96, 97. I think you were there when I was there. I'll have to go back and check the dates on when I was there, but I, I spent a summer in Banff, just one. Okay. And uh, it was late 90s. I'm just trying to think if I was there. Might have just mentioned that. But anyway, we played at Banff uh, a couple of times, uh, which was oh, unbelievable. Fan- fantastic place and great way to kind of dip your foot in the industry and um, deal with uh, more of the general public resort side of things, but working with like 10 other guys that were hired out of the, the school and... So at that stage um, when you were there, sorry, were you, um, like, you decided that you were going to go to school and you were going to take up golf and all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, did you get your pro card right away? or It would have been my second year there, like, once um, you kind of got one year under your belt, then you can go for your PAT, as Jeff was saying. So I did mine in Alberta. Got it the first try, I no got problem. it my first try. Not um, big deal. No. No. No problem. <laughs> took, me, took, took me six. I think my brother's still doing it. He's tried for 20 years. <laughs> it's, uh, yeah, and it's, it's, not, it's not easy when you're forced to play well for these dates. And back then there was only the one opportunity a year. Now you can choose a few other events to play right. in. But right. I think it's better now because a lot of good, good possible professionals couldn't play their way in. And back then was a little stricter, too. If you weren't done in a certain time, you were done. You had to start over again. Really? Yeah. So I um, was fortunate enough to do that. I skipped my third year of school. I took a job offer, worked in North Carolina for a year, uh, which was great. And that's where I... I would imagine that would be great. It was, yeah, it was phenomenal. First chance I had had to play golf over the winter and play in some pretty cool tournaments, some Tar Heel Tour and Hooters Tour and a few of those things and kind of got where I felt like I was playing well, that maybe I could pursue things a little bit. I think Jamie's being modest. His... From what I the research, I did. He could play. He was well. He can still play. I know so he can still play, but he can really he could really play. Uh, one question: You glossed over real quick there. Um, had to choose between golf and hockey. I know all the accomplishments golf-wise. We can list those later. But I think you forgot to talk about the four koi cups you won with the Kitimat Ice Demons. <laughs> the a good. fellow goalie here, Len. I mean, we're all a little weird. So, um, yeah. I heard that was a pretty pretty good accomplishment. That was very cool. Um, enjoyed that, being able to do that for our hometown um, in Kitimat. But growing up in high school, played obviously midget hockey and was fairly decent and had a few camp opportunities in the WHL at the same time yeah. that the, the golf school was starting up and kind of had to choose, do I go pursue this way? And those camps are not a guarantee that you're going to make a team or or anything like that. So chose chose the golf avenue. and. After I did my stint in Banff in the U.S. for a year, um, I ended up coming back to Kitimat because I was kind of done at Banff at the time, and uh, the head pro position opened up back home, which is kind of the dream for a lot of guys from small towns. It would be nice to to be the guy, to, to be the guy in, the, in your hometown, so kind of uh, did that, and they had just started a, a senior hockey league in, in B.C., so I was fortunate enough to play on that team, and we had... A nice run for a for for a few seasons and won That's unreal. several provincial championships, which was a. Um, he had the old school full cage with the plastic necker, and I saw some pictures. I'll have to post up later oh, for everyone to I, see. I had to yes. learn the skate save, and I was known for my poke check. <laughs> <laughs> Every article I pulled up on it was 
Moran shutout steal takes the victory. You you were you had quite the run going there. It was good for a while. We had a good team. We did a lot of winning in those in those years, and it was just a ton of fun. And I, I coached hockey at the same time um, as well. Um, so just just loved being in, invested in the community and, and giving back where you could. But it was always fun to kind of put on the team jersey and play with a little chip on your shoulder because you hated the guys from the other teams or whatever. But then, of course, you have a beer with them after Any the scraps? game. Any scraps? Were you a scrappy I, I was tough when I knew my guys were around. <laughs> <laughs> okay, all right, that sounds careful. That we sounds, got careful. Sounds, we got a referee with us here. We don't want to talk about familiar. any of the dirty tricks. Yeah. So familiar. Um, so then uh, you kind of made your way out east at some point. I did. I mean, to, just to go back when I did go back to yeah. to Kitimat um, again was still looking about trying to go somewhere else. I guess, and uh, at that point, then I met my future wife and kind of settled down and thought you know what this is where we want to stay for a while and and uh, start a family and 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 live in Kitimat I mean it's a fantastic place to to grow up but unfortunately the community took a big hit we lost a pulp mill we lost a gas plant and okay. the economy was not very good at that point and kind of thought I, if I want to take my career um, carry on I should go somewhere else and my wife's parents are from Newfoundland, originally moved to BC, and then they retired back to Newfoundland. And so an opportunity there kind of arose in 2012. So we thought, time for a family mm-hmm. adventure, and we're going to move as geographically as far as you possibly can from <laughs> one coast to the other yeah. um, and stay in the same country. And um, was great. Got to work at Clove Valley Golf Club in St. John's under Ted Stonehouse, who's well-known here in Atlanta, Canada, and he kind of... Um, guided me along and got me got me going on a few things and and uh, worked there for three years. Then took the were, GM. Were you head you were head pro there. No, or? I was director of instruction, so I worked underneath okay. underneath Ted. And there was oh, two sorry, other yeah, okay. two other assistants there. Jeremy Rivando is now at Cabot um, with Ted, and uh, Jamie Brown was the other one there. Um, so great guys to work with, and kind of got a passion for for that side of the business again. And and uh, a few years later, I ended up here i know i wanted to stay in atlanta canada and yeah um great spot and was fortunate enough to be offered the position here and moved here in 2018 and jeff came a few months after i did the dream team was put together absolutely and i and it's it's good i think we've got similar passions in a sense where for me it's 100 percent about the members um and it's 100 percent about growing the game in the juniors speaking speaking of juniors uh, you probably uh don't tell the story often but in 1999, you weren't making much money at the time, and a junior member at your club wasn't able to afford his membership, and you paid for it. I got that from an inside source. Oh, wow. So, and left you basically... You were, the, the, the junior heard that you were coming on. <laughs> yeah, I, I called him. You reached out. Uh, and uh, left you with no money in your bank account for two weeks. That's just good juju. I just wanted to get that out there. That's, he probably not going to tell that story. I'll tell it for him. Yeah, no. Oh. Well, that's, I mean, that's I, what I junior golf means to you. Just if someone wants it, if you can make it accessible for them, then let's, let's see what we can do to help. So all of you Belvedere members out there that give you a hard time so much, <laughs> they should know where the heart is. That's that, right. That's right there. Um, I actually, I, I mean, I, I was a member when you first arrived, um, and well, obviously still am, but um, I remember the, the first year and in the initial impression that I got, though, you're a pretty quiet fella. Uh, pretty reserved, especially, I, I feel like, and maybe I'm wrong, 
but the first year, it took a while for you to just sort of find your, I don't know, your voice, I guess, or your, your path, maybe the first year. Yeah, I think any, any new place, you, you, you do a lot of listening to try and figure out what people would like to see and, and what they don't, and you don't. Um, it's coming here, I've got something in common with everyone in terms of how I like golf, and I, I see them all the time, but it takes a little time to get out and, and spend some time with people and maybe go play with people and get to know them a little bit better. And once you kind of figure out um, that you can help, and uh, there's, a, there's a great saying that I always think about is that... Um, <laughs> and now I've just lost it. It'll, it'll, it'll come back to me here yeah, in a minute. Well, actually, okay, but, so, sorry, got it. Yeah, I, mean, I think it's, it's something along the lines that people don't, um, they're, they're not going to care until they know you care, really. And then, and then um, there's been some good relationships since then, so definitely I'm still fairly reserved, I guess. But um, um, once you're comfortable, then you get the comfortable banter and you start to build relationships and learn about the families and... Um, they're here to to have a good time, so let's let's try and provide that for them. Okay, well let's let's uh, switch gears a little bit here because um, you know as a as a member of Belvedere, I know, I know what it's kind of like and the atmosphere is like, and I mean I love I love it here, but it can be challenging. I'm sure that you can both uh, you know basically uh, back to you, Jeff, for a second. What was it like? Everybody will tell you that Belvedere has 700 members, 700 owners, basically. Um, that's the that's the way it is here, you know. As far as everybody, you know, has their sort of uh, lack of a better word opinions on how things are going. Um, what was it like, you know, coming in and, and coming into that sort of? I mean, it's challenging. I mean, it, 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 you know, I wouldn't wish it on anybody. You know, you've got seven hundred bosses. Some most people have one manager that they're looking at. But well, that's kind of always you know been the thought at Belvedere um, luckily enough I had you know established relationships with many members before I began um, but in 2018 I started on June 8th I mean the golf season's in full running mode then so there wasn't a lot of time to you know see where we were at I mean great great team that was already here uh, Jamie recognized the situation. Him and I clicked right off the bat, and we, we were always bouncing things off of each other. Um, and again, my, my thing is, before I came here, is just spend the time and talk to people. See what's making them upset. Uh, see, you know, see if we can come up with a resolution that works for both sides. And over the first few months, um, you know, just, I listened. Um, just to see what people had to say. It seems uh, like a common theme so far. Both of them were just sitting you there be good listeners. Whisper 2000s going on, <laughs> no, making sure everything like, was... They got the whole place bugged. <laughs> Absolutely, yeah, yeah. Well, <laughs> that's a good idea. <laughs> Shh, don't it, tell but, them. Yeah, yeah that, that was it. I mean, I'm not as quiet and reserved as Jamie was his, his first year. I mean, we there was some productive conversations. Not anybody. I like I like to call them productive. Uh, but no, it was, like I said, we hit the ground running in 2018 and, you know, did you guys know each other before you started here? No. Or you started here? First no, time we met is the first day I walked into the pro shop. No way. Yeah. Handshake and uh, how are you? And yeah. it, seems, it seems before you got here that I want to say there was a lull in the, the social atmosphere around Belvedere. But Belvedere used to be, you know, the patio was full on Fridays and Saturdays and people were around. And there was a bit of a, maybe a bit of a lull in it. And then now it seems, once again, you talk to people and it's, we're going to Belvedere to eat. We're going here to hang out. Yeah. It's not just... The golf anymore it's back to being let's go have a bite to eat let's go visit like 
uh, based juniors. on repetitive, but Jamie has said, you know, like we, we pride ourselves on, you know, our membership experience. That's, you know, what we want to have that deck full on Friday evenings, Thursday evenings. We've created a women's group, uh, a men's group. Um, you know, we're just trying to continue to grow and, and set up more options for people to play. Um, our first year for our women's group, we had gained three new full-time members, you know, the next year. So, you know, we want to continue that growth and have new people coming to the game. There was, I mean, the, I mean, there was a time. Now, things have changed just sort of in general, people going out experience. Like, people don't go out as much as they used to and all of that kind of stuff. COVID is, I, I feel like once, you know, in my own opinion, once people are vaccinated and they're, you know, feel safe to go out again, I think everybody's going to be out because they've been inside for so long and all that. But, um, you know, I think that's probably... You know, one of the challenges is is to get people in when they're not golfing. You know, and you know we've got the the, the food here is unbelievable. It's kind of like a little hidden gem, little secret. You know. Like, yep. Yeah. I mean, you know, like like you said, the Friday night. You know, they had for years they had uh, trivia. I think they had Mike uh, and Darren did they yep. were doing trivia. Um, they had Dino used to be on Friday nights as yes, well. Yep. I think and stuff like that. Um, would that is that kind of stuff that you're going to be you know. Yes, we're, I've actually already been talking to a few people about maybe some music, um, you know, once or twice a month, so, you know, it provides a different experience. Um, Friday's our busiest day by far, um, so we want to keep, you know, people around maybe for that extra hour in the evening. I mean, last year with the restrictions with COVID, you know, we had to be at 50% capacity. Right. Um, so, you know, we're just, we're going to wait and see what happens this year, and we'll plan some more fun events for members, and, you know, that's... People love us. People love listening to Dino Big play. Big question Jones. here: Flags going in or out? Yes. <laughs> no, they're they're most definitely going in. Are I know, but are in? they staying in? <laughs> if I had to guess right now at this moment, yep, they're probably staying in. But, okay, you know we, you know, we don't really know yet as a group. I mean, we're still hopefully no, six being, weeks away. Yeah, you're being told more so. But. Well, I mean, I think you know we're planning to begin the season as we ended last year. And if something changes, then great. Um, love to see people being able to sit down, you know, on a bench. If they get tuckered out, that would, you know. Without or, incriminating or rake, yourself. Or rake a sad trap. <laughs> yeah, well, this comes to the Would they do point. that anyway? <laughs> Maybe. Without, without, without throwing any incriminating statements out there, would you not agree that, you know, taking the pin out or raking a trap uh, is really no difference than opening up the Tim Hortons door, um, you know, by thousands of people every day? When we met last April and we were, you know, trying to provide a safe return to golf, mm. um, Ryan Garrett headed up uh, the group of general managers and owners, and you know, there was lots of comments made um, on just we were trying to get open. That was the main yeah. goal. Um, in regards to you know what they're doing at Tim Hortons, the flags being in, I think only affected five to ten percent of the golfers. Um, most didn't mind. We started with the easy lift pin system, so yep. Um, yep. some of our more experienced members really liked the ease of getting the ball out of the hole. <laughs> um, and then we changed halfway through the season because they got they got beat up. So, yeah, 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 yeah. But again, let's hope we can you know return to you know pins out at some point. But you know we're planning to, like I said, begin as we ended last year. So, so flashback a year, Jamie, it's March of 2020 and, you know, everything starts. 
what do you think in the golf season was going to look like? And then it ended up being from my accounts, like I've said in previous episodes, it was a boom. Belvedere, you could not get a tee time out here. I tried. And I don't know if it was just me they didn't want to give the tee time to, <laughs> or it was full. But <laughs> We're also selective on who we give tee times to. <laughs> um, I mean, it, there was definitely like a scary few weeks in there when you, you just did not know what was going to happen. And I think um, golf in general did a really good job kind of promoting itself and, and appealing to all the, all the health provincial leaders there to say that we feel like people can stay socially distant and stay safe and actually get out and get some exercise and some fresh air and 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 have that as something that they can do Uh, and I think it was helpful that golf was one of the first things that was allowed to be reopened so not only were our members ecstatic to get out there but a lot of people that had played golf in the past got back into it again because again it got them out of their house and and some people that wanted to try it for the first time got into it and we were fortunate here that we do offer that for everyone from the the beginner to to someone that's playing just a little bit or the advanced player that um, we've got something here with programs or some way to get them involved and get them out and get them enjoying it were you guys surprised like at the amount of golf and the interest in golf and the Kind of the re-boom. I mean, not since the 2000s with the Tiger boom. Yeah. You know, like absolutely. You know, it was pretty surprising. Yeah, yeah. I mean, from not knowing if you were going to open to doing 250 rounds a day plus. There was a few times this summer where we we're just shaking our heads, going, "Man, it'd be nice to have a rain day." Yeah, we had a, <laughs> just to a, just w- to have a breath. It wouldn't uh, have mattered. People still show up. <laughs> yeah. Course or, course playable. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm I'm coming. We we had a a rain day in May, and 200 people played that day. Um, (laughs) And Jamie and I just kind of looked at each other and said, okay, well, this is the way it's going to be. Well, if the alternative is staying at your house with your family. (laughs) (laughs) So you guys are playing something similar this year, I'm assuming, like when you're doing your budgets and up, not, not specifics, but like generally, I mean, I would have to think, you know, outsider looking in that not a lot is going to change as far as the interest in golf and people people getting out yeah Yeah, we're still seeing a great response from new golfers Um, some new members are rolling in currently which is wonderful Um, again it's you know we've we've done some work in our t-sheet as you know you would have seen some emails and you know we're hoping to provide you know an equal experience for all of our members to get a tee time and play Junior membership last year was crazy too, wasn't it? The uh, classes it, and the clinics and it it was. They were all at full capacity. A lot of again, we were allowed to have some smaller sized camps, but have kids outdoors and have them for a week at a time. And like any parent, if you're if you've been stuck at home with your kid for a while, you'd love to throw them out of the house for get a little out. bit and get them away from their screens and and those kind of things and get them out doing stuff and it's my goal there too though is i don't just want kids in the camp i want to develop future golfers and feel like we've done a a good job at at doing that a lot of them now are becoming members and and being in their program and they bring their families with them their younger or older brothers sisters their moms their dads and the monday group finds me if my wife comes up after the ground is on and sits on the deck she, they find me five dollars 2019 teacher of the Not year allowed. 2019 teacher of the year right here oh yeah no class Atlanta, Canada. Yeah, yeah no no question that's right up our alley that was uh that was a big award that was that was fantastic that was uh, a nice little feather in the cap to to have that and and uh, bonus coming gm <laughs> i remember yeah. sitting at the table beside jamie at the awards and they announced his name and he was kind of taken back so i 
I had to give him a little shot to get him up <laughs> into the chair. To go Wasn't up. it nice when we could all get together again and uh, there was a crowd in there? And yeah. <laughs> These plexiglasses in front of us right now, even if we're doing the podcast, are really annoying. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, true. But just going back to that last question, I mean, our simulators have been even busier than we anticipated. Uh, a lot of them are non-members. It's general public coming to play and potential future members for this year, um, which is great. But I've just been reading a little bit about there's some courses in BC opening up now in the Okanagan and reading some of the reports coming out of there that they're just, they're slammed. Really? Like so it's, they're, yeah, they've, it's been, they've been open for a few for a few days, March 1st, March 2nd, a couple of them opened and they, they're doing 300 rounds plus a day on some of the places there. So, so I'm anticipating once we actually open the doors here, it's just going to be... Get your memberships, guys. Green, won't be any green fees. Any changes sort of that are, that like, um, you know, with maybe differences in uh, times between tee-off times or um, anything that you can kind of speak of that, that coming up this year as compared to maybe last? There has not been much dialogue in regards to that. We're, we're hoping that people's tee sheets can, you know, begin uh, as we had them last year. Um, our plan is if we're allowed to go with uh, standard seven, eight minutes, some courses focus on 10 minutes. Uh, but again, we, we think it's going to be the same to begin the year. But... Also, we don't know what could happen between now and then. Right. So everything's kind of up yeah, in the air. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. There's yeah. nothing's out of the question. Um, I want to ask a question um, from, and and this isn't sort of my own, but when you talk to people um, from sometimes other clubs, sometimes people that don't golf, they have this pre-notion of Belvedere that it is a you know like a old boys club or it's uh you know it's one of these places that's for members only and if you're not you know a millionaire you can't be there and all this kind of stuff i've heard it all i mean obviously i disagree because i'm a member here and i'm certainly not in any of those categories but um have you ever had that like that discussion have you how do you address that or what do you do i guess well we just talk about um our new member record of you know when people join up for their first year and you know how many people have been returning you know year after year after getting in here uh, yes that perception is out there but you know everyone here is, is more than welcoming you know they're all about growing the game and, and keeping people around um, you know I, I have heard that many times but you know just to be around here you know yeah I agree Week by week, it's, just, come it's just it's just tremendous. Just to just yeah. to come in and experience it. And no one's gonna snub their nose or no one's. Nope. You know what I mean? Like everybody's nope. so friendly. My wife was not a member here. Came in here, didn't know anybody, and now she knows. You know, she knew the whole bar staff and everything else. She yep. came in here. The, you know, she loves it. It's a very welcoming environment here, and you know, we just want people to come in and you know see it for themselves rather than. You and know. you also for a first uh, first year member is there a special membership deal that that you guys do for yes it's 995 for a first-time member you guys were, were there some on course stuff that you're digging trenches or something along maybe well, along we've, the range or um, we, we've done a lot of work this year in regards to bunker improvement um, we we really wanted to put a major focus in that and you know we Surprisingly enough, and you know, Philip Morrison, our superintendent, is absolutely tremendous to deal with. He's very flexible. Um, you know, we repaired over eight bunkers this year. Um, we have them in you know full playable conditions. We're hoping for some sand compaction, you know, over the winter. Um, but uh, again, how is it? Uh, sorry, how is it wintering? 
uh, the course in your opinion so well far? we we know we've only been under you know a small amount of ice for about a month now so that's that's not really a concern um, we're probably going to jump on board with you know some other courses across the country that are starting the black sand method now to help draw in some heat and, and melt that we're going to wait till we have uh, three or four days of warmth and see how much that we can lose naturally and then we're if you need to dig down to the ice just throw a, about 100 golf balls and get Go, get goat in here with his wedge. <laughs> he'll he'll get down to the main he'll get down to the main trench line. There's, there's no doubt he would. I see that, num- that tree over on number eight still there. That's unfortunate that that never came down and over the winter. A lot of requests for that. Even that one limb to come down. It's uh, the one on that. Yeah, I know. Yeah, may or may not have caught a few balls going across there. I got I got to ask Jamie a question here. This is gonna it's not switching gears, but. Uh, on our one of our episodes, we talked about where would you go on a guy's golf trip. You know, we were picking different spots, and you had a pretty good golf trip, and I'd like to hear about it because my bucket list trip is Ryder Cup, and you've been there. So, 2014, correct? Correct. Yeah, I was fortunate. Uh, some friends of mine in St. John's when I was living had a trip to Scotland planned out for the 2014. Ryder Cup, so we went over a week early and went over played. with a bunch of newfies. That, yeah. That, yeah, that doesn't sound like a good time it, at all. It yeah. was, yeah, I can't lie, it was awesome. <laughs> um, so, yeah, we played golf for seven days straight, different course every day. Um, played the a lot of the good ones, Carnoustie and Kings Barnes and Troon and um, North Berwick. If anyone's ever over there, that's a must play. Just one of the funnest courses ever to play. And then made our way then over to the Ryder Cup at Glen Eagles and, and watched watched that. And just as a fan of golf, was amazing to um, watch the guys up close. I preferred actually on the driving range, watching them hit shots. The Ryder Cup is actually very tough to watch. As a fan, there's 50,000 people following four groups. Yeah. So it's yeah. you watch a hole, skip ahead six holes, wait for them to come through and yeah. skip ahead six holes. So I found some solace in that they had a PGA um, pavilion set up there so you can go in and eat and drink and watch it on tv so did a little bit of that as well and i never thought about that there's only four groups out there at a time uh, so yeah, yeah sometimes they're not spread out singles a little bit more but for the team part they're not that spread out uh no no so it is it's difficult to watch but the atmosphere is amazing and they had big screens up everywhere so you can kind of watch what's happening and then they come in front of you and you watch them go through and then same thing you're watching that on the screens as you go to the next place to to camp out and and watch them go but just as a fan of golf i probably enjoyed the golf side of it better like playing those famous courses and and playing golf in scotland yeah. versus um watching the Ryder cup it was did every, pretty everybody amazing. make it back to newfoundland or were there any stragglers that, uh... <laughs> we we all made it back not for lack of trying They've, they're they're known for their scotch <laughs> how uh, many, many four of you or there was eight or there was there was one. there was six of us playing golf. Then we were joined by two other guys. Then went actually to just Cup. to the Ryder Cup itself. Yeah, right. yeah, so it was it was phenomenal. It and, was and, really and good. And Jeff, unfortunately, you had a Scotland trip, but it was a staycation Scotland uh, vacation because yours got canceled. Correct. So you had to do a little uh, a home a yes. home one. Yes. Yeah, I was uh, planning to go on my 40th birthday to to get the trip, and it's uh, a long time ago. Yeah, just but six months. Um, <laughs> the uh, you know my, my lovely wife and I we had been planning this and uh, we were gonna try to pull it off in the fall of this past year, but you know with COVID, you know we we kind of had to shut those plans down. But we'll get back. So Brutal. what did so what did you do instead though? 
Well, we had a lovely uh, dinner up in Cavendish. Uh, Chef Alona Daniel came in and prepared a Scottish-themed dinner, which was absolutely nice. tremendous. Uh, we had some family over for some golf, and somehow my wife and sister managed to pull off a nice surprise. Well done. It I, was. Did you play in a kilt, I heard? Yes, absolutely. For a hole. <laughs> for a hole. It was, it was a warm day. <laughs> somehow Brian managed to find a few kilts. I'm not sure how, but anyways... That's that, awesome. That trip's yeah. just on pause, though, I'm assuming. That one's just, that's going to happen. It, it is, yeah. yes, absolutely. Yeah, that's, you, know. that, you got to do that. Um, you actually just answered one of the four questions that we sort of asked to wrap things up. Um, and uh, just, just quickly, we'll, we'll ask both of you. Um, Jeff, your favorite golfer growing up? My goodness, well, I always loved Freddie Couples. Watching him at Crowbush as a junior, uh, yeah. working at yeah. Skins Game event. Yeah. Um, he was, yeah, he's just too smooth not to enjoy Did you work it. that event? Like, were you a caddy? I was a caddy, yes. Who'd you caddy for? Um, I was in the Export A group, the sponsors. Okay, so, so was a bunch no, of randos. Yeah. Did yeah. you have any celebrities that were in your group? No, no. I had Ross Rabagliati. Oh, really? Yeah. The, uh, the, the, the I did not inhale guy. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah. 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 And uh, he ended up getting that medal back. But anyway, and he was a beauty too. Couldn't golf with Jeff, you should have pulled a tin cup. And whenever someone hit a bad shot, I'd be like, I could have pulled that off. Honestly, no, I kind of want to drop one and say, listen, <laughs> I'll show you how to do this. Cover the water on, is it four at Crowbush or five? The, the monster par five? five. I could have I yeah. covered that. <laughs> <laughs> I was a little too young for that at the time. Jamie, uh, your, your favorite golfer growing up? Uh, same. Fred, Fred really? Couples was by far my favorite. I wore nice. Ashworth clothes. I played Lynx golf clubs. I did everything. <laughs> boom, boom. Keppel. It was just, yeah, cool from his rhythm to just the way he walked. And and uh, obviously had a great career, too. And then obviously, like like most, um, then Tiger kind of stole the show. Yeah, yeah. He's, yeah. He's, they should all be thanking him for all the checks they get every, every week. Um, favorite golf moment, Jamie, that you've had? Uh, wow, um, good question. I would have to probably throw it back to that Scotland trip, though, and and being able to to play those pretty famous golf courses. But uh, I did make one at uh, 16 at Kings Barnes, which is while you were over there. Yeah, which was um, that wouldn't be uh, cheap. <laughs> oh. uh, fortunate that there wasn't much of a bar bill. I did pay for a couple of scotches afterwards, I'm sure. But um, five other people, he'd be yeah. drinking most of them. <laughs> we, we get to that tee, and the caddy says, "Oh, this is the most difficult par three in the European Tour." And then I hold it. I said, no, it's not, it's not that hard. You're kidding me. <laughs> yeah. When's the next Monday qualifier? <laughs> yes. Yeah. <laughs> really? So that was cool. And I, I've been fortunate to make a few. But that was the only one I actually got a chance to see go in. And there was people walking along the beach that were stood there and watched it. And everyone went nuts. It was pretty cool. You're kidding me. Yeah. How long was it? Uh, fortunate with pin position. It was about 165. Okay. okay. I can play close to 200. It's a sawed off four iron for Jeff. <laughs> no, that's a three hybrid. <laughs> <laughs> Jeff, favorite golf memory, my friend? Oh, uh, hands down, when uh, in the third year of the golf program, four of us went to uh, Spain, and we got to play Valderrama. No and way. And driver six iron wedge on 17 and made the four-footer for birdie and was with uh, Jimmy Desjardins, Darren Fairhurst, and Blair McPhail. So we played three okay. or four rounds of golf over there. And so all four of them, all four of you birdied it? No. <laughs> negative. <laughs> As I was stepping over the putt, uh, I took my backswing and Jimmy snapped a picture. So I, I, I still have it. No kidding. Yeah. 
That's unbelievable. The click of the camera almost made me miss it, but luckily it went in. It's right next to the Holly Saunders one. <laughs> <laughs> Both sitting on his mantle. I can't, um, get, I can't get the picture out of my mind. Uh, really quick, quick answer, and I don't even know why. We might have to switch up this question, but uh, lowest score you ever shot? 67. 67. Now, Jamie, I'm gonna, you want to guess on Jamie's? Uh, I say 63. Hirsch. Uh, I'm going to say... Oh, God, that's a good guess. I'll say 64. I was going to go the opposite way, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say 64. Uh, close. I was 62 twice. Oh. Damn it. I was going to go that way. Where? At, once at Hirsch Creek, and nice. then once here, actually. 62 here. What? 62 here, but it was par 71 that day because hole number one was closed. They were digging a trench across it, and we had to start on the old par three. This is but only... I was, I was nine under 62 that day. Who this... are you playing with? Uh, Solo. Gary, Cud- <laughs> Gary, Gary Cudmore, one of the members here. Oh, nice. There was three members here. I just jumped in with them on a Friday. If I'm and not mistaken, wasn't the equipment relatively new? Yeah, shout out to Titleist. There was my first round of golf with the new T100 irons. So. Taking plastic off the irons wow. as you hit them on the front. I, had, as you yeah. hit them on the whole, I need six iron. I'll take the plastic off and then hit it. That's yeah, it. so I decided to keep the irons. They're pretty good. <laughs> Chris, shout we're out looking, to Chris. We're looking for a sponsor, <laughs> bud. <laughs> That's a pretty good shout out there. Are to, you serious? Sixty-two. Yeah. Uh, so you didn't play one. So did you? Oh, you played the second, the par three there. Yeah. Instead. So that was our first, minus. our first hole because one was closed. Was that just like last two years ago? Yeah, it would have been two. It would have been like September. So yeah. So if anybody's listening, to this doesn't know Jamie. The man can still play. I remember that up and down at the Island Open um, from seventeen. I don't know. I was just up there, and I just saw you. You kind of you hooked your or you oh. pushed your second shot over into the left rough, and then got got up and down. And it was quite a field, actually. Uh, the the Island Open. I think that's probably one of our prouder achievements is how we've grown that event back here in a, within a couple of years to have that as as um, one of the best events in Atlanta, Canada. And our field this year was ridiculous. Unreal. It was so yeah. good, and we had seven hole playoffs and. Yeah. Five-hole playoffs, and unfortunately, I was dusted in one hole. In one <laughs> playoff, but I felt chipped out a little bit, but uh, just truth awesome. be told, he made two bomb birdie putts to yeah. to, yeah. to to get. Yeah, he, he birdied eighteen to force the playoff and made a twenty-five footer on the first playoff hole. That's right. Who tip, gets who gets more count. nervous for the tournaments, you or Lori? Uh, <laughs> my wife does, I'm sure. Um, I just I, I love it. I still get a little bit nervous, but. The opportunity to compete and, and there's so many good guys around and nice players that the opportunity to tee it up a couple of times a year and something competitive is still a lot of fun well if you and me ever meet in the final group it'll be no holds barred oh yeah, yeah. Cool. You, you and your spaghetti legs will be just uh, <laughs> you'll be doing fine we already know your your fi- uh, favorite golf trip but uh jeff i mean i your what was your the favorite you I, I wouldn't say it Spain. was just a, a specific golf trip, but uh, me and a couple of friends after the, uh, the 2001 school year was over, um, we took off to Florida and lived in West Palm Beach for six months as 21, 22-year-olds. And uh, we were on the, you know, Lost Tree Village was the name of the golf club, and Jack Nicholas. Don't worry, there. buddy. Crystal's not going to listen to this. Well, so no, it's, it's, it's okay. <laughs> but uh, just the experience over that six months, you know, uh, we got to watch Jack hit balls, you know, many times and you know that kind of stuff was you know was spectacular um just being there for that long uh, was just playing golf every second day whenever you wanted just kind of like jamie's north carolina experience that was that was fantastic yeah yeah uh, what, what, what's your what's your best what's your best wayne doyle referee story 
I, I, uh, I, there's a few, but uh, I don't think you'd like them on air. Oh, okay. Yeah. Another day? Yeah, another time. We'll get him Absolutely. on here and get him just to say what's allowed and what's not allowed. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You know. um, thank you guys both uh, so much for, for joining us this morning. Um, it, this was this was actually awesome. I always like doing these because I actually end up learning a whole lot, um, you know, especially with yourself, Jamie, your background and stuff. And uh, you guys are doing unreal. Uh, an unreal job here. I'm looking over at the simulators. They're still just bumping. I think next year you may even add one. So uh, if anybody needs to get their game in shape, because golf season is rapidly approaching, I feel like. Thank you, Len, for not asking me when I think we will be open. That's, uh, <laughs> that's a question I get a, a, a lot this time of the year. I bet it is. Actually. I can't believe Jeff got out of here with the Fox Harbor story. but Should we save that one? Or should we throw that in at the end? Yeah, I'm, I'm going to throw it in. It's coming. To, it just, I won't do it in front of them. Okay, fair enough. hand gestures enough. and they really get into us. Just a little uh, <laughs> medication uh, issue that day. But yes. just so you know, during that story, I took medication. a few holes off. Uh, <laughs> I still made the only birdie of the day uh, yeah. with Nick Frid as my partner. So it was the 11th hole. It was our only birdie in the two-man best ball. We were the dream team until Jamie came along and yeah. broke us up. We're, we're going to tell this story, and then I'm going to reference what you just said. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Only birdie on the day. Okay, guys, listen, we've gone uh, just about an hour, I think, which is a great time to wrap up. Uh, yep. Did you guys have anything else that you'd uh, like to plug or throw on there? Like, don't be shy. Just love passing along our condolences to the loss of your pup there <laughs> a couple of days ago. Yeah, this, this, this is my therapy, just getting out outside and yeah. doing some other things, get my mind uh, mind okay. I'm loving the on-remote uh uh, recordings here. This this feels great. Yeah, thanks for thanks for having us, gentlemen. No, great. just uh, fantastic. You guys have uh, taken this upon yourselves to do that. Continued success. It's fun listening to you, and and uh, look forward to hearing some more stories. Yeah. All right. Well, thanks very much. We'll wrap up, and uh, yeah, we'll we'll talk to everybody soon. Here's to a good golf season. Big time. Thanks, Cheers. guys. All right. Well, we're back, and uh, once again, thank you very much to Jamie and Jeff. Um, I think. Uh, so after we were done with that interview, oh, excuse me, um, <laughs> I couldn't help but think we had, we had like, we turned off the, 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 the mics and the recording or whatever. And then we had like a really, really funny conversation afterwards. Yeah. It was like 15 or 20 minutes after that was just like, I thought this is what, this is, this is good stuff. We yeah. should have been recording this anyway. Um, we're, we'll get there eventually. I, I really liked, uh, but anyway, thank you very much for them to, 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 for coming on. Um, definitely, uh, our next, our next, uh, time that we talk to them, we're, we're not even going to have an agenda. We'll just go in and just shoot the shit. Yeah. We mentioned going back, you know, during the season when things are, Oh, I, I've already got it pictured in my head. I'm going to be sitting on that deck of theirs with a, you know, with a beer and just the the arms back behind my head and just kind of chilling out and cider for me, please. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, you got to tell that. I got to tell the Fox Harbor story. It's it's legendary. Yeah. Okay. So this is now legendary in my eyes, but maybe other people. So we are playing a PGA of Canada Atlantic event. It's a two person best ball. It's uh a one-day event, and it's being played at Fox Harbor, which is obviously, if you've been there, a beautiful golf course. So we, me and Jeff are partners, and we are driving over in the morning with Trevor, Giggy, and Nick Peters, who at the time were the team to beat. They played every kind of two-man event together, and, and they were pretty, I'll give them their dues, they were pretty good, and, and they won a lot of the events. 
So we left PEI in the morning and we hit the board in Tim's. And then we know game it's game time. So we get to the course and we had a couple drinks on the way over. This is a it's competitive, but at the same time it's meant to be kind of a fun day, middle of the golf season for for golf pros to get away for a day. You wanna we wanna have some fun. So the boys chilling, just having some beers and going. Yep, road beer. So we get over to the course. I believe it was like a twelve or one o'clock shotgun, so we hit some balls, have a little bite to eat, we have another drink or two, and we head out to the course. And it was early in our round. I would say it was our second or third hole, and it was a par three. So Trevor gets up and hits. Nick gets up and hit. I get up and hit. I like how Jeff's already in the back of the bus here. Well, what happens is, is Nick and Trevor had the honors, and okay, so our okay, team was up okay. second, and I Strategic, had asked to hit first because yeah. if Jeff – doesn't hit a good one. You don't want me hitting last. The pressure on. <laughs> spaghetti, spaghetti uh, legs. <laughs> right. Yeah, okay. So Jeff gets up to hit, puts his ball in the tee, and, and he starts kind of walking around the tee deck, and he's looking up in the air and, you know, looking at the green, <laughs> looking back up in the air, looking at the green, and this goes on for about 20 seconds. So me, Nick, and Trevor are sitting in the carts on the car path, and we're like, you know, what's going on? This is, <laughs> Why is he taking in the scenery? Yeah, this is, he's checking, he's really getting dialed in for this shot. Yeah. We, we look over. He's looking up in the air again. He's pacing around the tee deck. He's looking at the green. He's looking there. This went on for a good minute and a half, two minutes. And and now we're being, like, annoyed. We're like, come on, man. Like, <laughs> Are you saying anything to him? No. You know, just kinda, okay. It's just pre-shot routine, maybe. I don't know. We're trying to, <laughs> so we're like, this is, this is, come on, man. Like, hit the ball. Yeah. So he finally steps up to the ball, and he takes a swing. And I'm saying he hit three feet behind the ball and about one foot left of it and took the biggest divot I've ever seen in my life out of the turf. The divot goes flying and he kind of stumbles. And now we're like, what is going on? So Did now he miss the ball completely? Missed it. Not Didn't even get close to it. Really? Okay. So now we're like, what? Now we're kind of like worried because we know that Jeff's diabetic. Right. So we get up to the team like, Jeff, like, are you okay? And he won't talk to us. I'm like, okay. He's probably not okay. Not okay. So now it went from humorous, annoying. Now we're panic mode. A little bit worried, yeah. So we obviously, we realize he's probably having a sugar low. Right. So like any good golf guy, if you go through your golf bag in the middle of June or July. Crusty old granola bars. We knew we had something in there. (laughs) (laughs) So Trevor gets a granola bar out of his bag and we just... Try to, we just feed it to him. We get him in the cart. We sit him down. We pump him full of the granola bar. Then we have a Gatorade. And we're like, Jeff, just drink this Gatorade. Drink this Gatorade. So we're sitting there for about 30 seconds, and yeah. his eyes open up, and we're like, okay, he's going to be okay. So the first thing he says, I'll never forget, he looks at the three of us, and he goes, do you want me to try to hit again? <laughs> <laughs> Like, no, man, we're good. Trevor's like, oh, Nick's, on, Nick's on the green. You know, we're good. Let's just keep playing. You know, just sit in the car. Don't move for a little while. Like, okay, so we're past the panic mode. Yeah. Back into kind of like that was fun mode. Fun mode. Fun so mode, we get to the green. Mode, yeah. We all two putt. We go to the next hole. We say, Jeff, what do you think? And he's like, no, I need to rest for a minute or two. We're like, okay, well, I'll play this hole again on my own. We'll see what you look at like the next tee. So it sounds good. So we play the hole. I made a par, which, you know, I'm feeling the flow now. Nice, nice power, buddy. Yeah, it was awesome. Yeah. Okay, so we get to the next tee. He says, "You know what, guys? I think I think I'm ready." Jeff or Trevor, me and Nick, are like, yeah, man, like, uh, let's do this. 
He gets out of the cart. I don't know if you've ever seen a video of a baby deer being born or <laughs> any kind of animal that tries to take their first step. <laughs> but I'm ta- his no his two legs were like wet zucchini noodles really? when he stepped out of the cart. They both just gave out. And he grabs the side of the cart and he kind of pulls himself back into the seat. And he goes, he looks at us and goes, not yet, boys. <laughs> I'm going to need another hole or two. Uh, True or false, he was the only one to make a birdie that round. In our group? Yeah. Not the group, but in our team, probably. Really? Yeah. Okay. I made a lot of pars during his... He, he may hit. or may not have mentioned that before we I made a lot story. of pars during his stretch off to keep us in it. Yeah. But like I said, it was the... It was the roller coaster of emotions story because, like I said, you start off, you're laughing at him, and then you're kind of annoyed at him. Then you're panic mode, and then once he's better, you know, you can turn around now and laugh at the story. But I'll never forget when he looked up at us and said, "Do you need me to hit again?" And we're just like, "No, no, we're good." And his legs buckling from underneath him, and oh, that's unreal. Yeah, um, that, yeah. Excuse me. Yeah, he's got some stories. I can't wait to get some of the yeah. Uh, see, we got some of the old school stories. We got somewhat business, Jeff. Somewhat fun, Jeff. That's I'd right. like to get that's right. Hundred percent fun, Jeff. Well, I had a lot of questions about Belvedere in general. Just that's sort true. Of like the uh, you know the atmosphere there, and and uh, you know what they got coming up, and they they've worked on a lot of things, and um, and the plan is to do to this kind of thing. That I'd like to go to every course and talk to their. Totally. I want to go to Fox Meadow, you know. I want to go see Benny King out at Anderson Creek yep. and Green Gables. Kevin. Yep. Yeah, they got some awesome things going on in Cavendish, too. Um, yeah, that new one I saw. Yeah, there's something on... Something I, I, we got, that's what I want to talk to him about, though. Okay, let's... I don't know the details either, so let's let him break it to us, maybe, Yeah. live. Yeah, all right. Um, so... Uh, Let's try to keep it short this morning. Um, let's yep. go. Let's talk. Uh, let's talk PGA. Uh, we already talked about the, the results from last week and and how well Corey Connors played and uh, fifth major this week. The fifth major. Yeah, the fifth major this week. The Players Championship. I've um, been there. You have been there. Yep. Two thousand five. Uh, Colin College. Our golf trip was. Oh yeah. They TBC used to do that Sawgrass. Every year. Yep. So, uh, the year that we went, usually what would happen is the. Uh, School would go down for the Who trip. Who the chaperones for that? Uh, Paul Mernion. No, I mean chaperones, like adult figureheads. Well, on paper. <laughs> Paul Mernion. Blair? Chris Irwin. Oh, my God. Blair McPhail and Jeff Donovan. Holy smokes. It That's was, quite a crew. It was, it was, a, it was a good trip. Yeah, now, no question. Um, usually what happens on that trip is the students get to play sawgrass. So this year they had asked us if we wanted to uh, switch it up. Because we wouldn't be able to play it because it ended up being the week that the tournament's there, obviously. They, when they usually go down, it's not the tournament week. Oh, okay. So we were actually invited to work the tournament. Okay. So we all got uh, staff shirts. Yeah. They were Hong Kong shirts. Yeah. Ugliest orange ever, whoever picked those I out. I remember seeing a picture Creamsicle. of all you guys. Yeah. 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 That's right. So some of us got put in the merchandise shops. Some Martin of us had got, one two sizes too small there. <laughs> it was a... <laughs> <laughs> um, so what, some of us got put in the merchandise shop. Some of us got put other places, but some of us got put on the driving range. Now, this was the time when Tiger had signed with Nike. Yeah. And so when you got to the range, your job was to sit in a circle, and the the crew would bring over a buckets of buckets of balls they'd picked from the range. Brand new Titleist Pro Vs. Oh, there's everything. Yeah. So there was you had to sort them. So we'd oh, sit okay. in the baskets, and there'd be a Pro V, Pro V box. Yeah, okay. There was a special box called 
Tiger box, and there were Nike golf balls, but the swoosh had golden flakes in it. So there was regular Nikes. Please tell me you put one in your pocket. I'm, that's, I'm getting to it. Oh. It's the best part. So there was regular Nikes, so they go in the Nike box. Then there's the Tiger Nikes, which go in the Tiger box, and only Tiger was allowed to... When players come to the range, usually they just grab a bag of their brand of balls and go hit them. Only Tiger was allowed to grab these Nike golden flaked balls. Well, I'm telling you, he was probably about 100 balls short by the end of the week because every one of us was stuffing them into our pockets like they were golden eggs. And I think everybody got a gift when I got home. That Christmas, everyone was getting Tiger balls. No way. Yeah, everyone. You look over and you're sorting through. Oh, there's a regular. There's a Pro-V. There's a regular nike and then like you almost pick it up like the golden nike really and then right into the pockets i'm doing a google search and i can't can't even find the uh the google the the, uh the tiger one yeah ah, darn it it was 2005 the year fred funk won so the other part that sucked well the trip was amazing and i'll i'd love to tell the whole trip story but be here forever and we sent we get censored um a couple beauty like nick reardon trevor giggy jamie curry they were on that trip? Yeah. This, this was all the crew that was on the trip. with. Um, the uh, Fred Funk won it, but it was a Monday finish because it had so many rain delays, so we didn't actually get to stick around. Yeah, the, I remember the that. The deal was I, I remember that we work Thursday, Friday, and we get to go watch Saturday, Sunday. Yeah. But uh, it got rained out all weekend. They ended up playing 32 holes on the Monday, and we'd already left Jacksonville and gone to another spot and stuff. But anyway... Great trip, played some awesome courses, but that's uh, my sawgrass story. So sorry if you take those long. No, that was man. What a, I, they don't do that trip anymore, do they? Or do they? Well, the I gol- know the golf management program was put on hold. It is. No, they were still doing the trip. They did the travelers, I think, or it was a different event they were going to. But they they were still doing the the trip. Yep. That's something else. Um, oh, side note: Canadian Open got canceled. I know. What a bummer. I was gonna fly up Monday, qualify, but uh, yeah, okay. By the way, somebody somebody mentioned I had a good i had a good idea. Um, I can't remember where I read it, um, but they were basically saying, and I'm sure this is going to be blasphemous for a lot of people, but they were saying that that this year, because it's not being held in Canada for all the rules, you know, the isolations and all of that, that they should take this opportunity and have the Canadian Open somewhere else, you know, um, and and basically play it at this, you know, whatever golf course or whatever, but still have the tournament, but it's just not in Canada. The, the suggestion I saw was there's a tournament in Myrtle Beach, the RBC Heritage. And RBC yeah. is the main sponsor of the Canadian Open. That's so right. they had yeah. said, why not just either do it back-to-back weeks and have RBC Heritage and then RBC Canadian Open, but obviously yeah. be in the States, yeah. or amalgamate the events and have the RBC Canadian Open with Heritage or somehow make the event still happen. But yeah, like it won't be in Canada. Tough to Tough to, I'm sure... That was probably on the table, but so tough for these schedules, right? Like they're already set in stone oh, for a lot of these players are, yeah. and stuff. All right, with um, let's go right into the gambling picks. Um, once again, we're we're changing things up, and um, <laughs> like I said, I'm a degenerate, so I am always kind of thinking about like sort of what's the best way to do this. Um, what I did last week is I took all of our picks, which by the way you won again because you had that um, Zalatoris. Yep. Um, I did have Hideki and uh, who uh, who finished top twenty, but uh, anyway, what I did last week is I bet all of our picks. There was only four of them, but I bet 
all of our picks to be in the top 20 and I bet them to be in the top five. And I really like that because that's a lot easier than picking, you know, betting on the winner, uh, you know, or whatever. So this is what we're going to do now. We're going to bet on a, we're going to have a top five pick, a top 10 pick and a top 20 pick. And I've written down all the odds and basically we're going to hypothetically bet $10 on each and we're going to, whoever wins the money, the most money, I'm going to do it anyway, so I'm going to know, but the, the most money is going to win the week. So right now, as it stands, I think it's 3-1 U. Yeah, this lines up a little better, too, with actual betting. Yeah, so if yeah. I want to go bet now, I know how to do it on... That's right. Yeah, I mean, I'm using site. I'm using Bet365 uh, for these bets, um, but I'm fairly certain it's pretty common odds and common bets anywhere. So... Um, let's, um, what do you want to start with? The top five pick or the top 20 picks? Let's go up from 20. So. Okay. All right. So who's sneaking in the top 20? I'll go first. My top 20 pick this week, after watching how smooth this Canadian swang or swung last week, swang, 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 it feels dirty. Oh man. That. What a nice swang on that guy. <laughs> Look at the swang on that fella. Um, I'm picking Corey Connors, plus 300, bet 100, win three. Um, at least I think that's how it goes. I'm usually a decimal guy. But, um, yeah, I'm picking uh, Corey Connors as my top 20 pick. Okay. So put for my t- top 20 pick, spot on him. I believe he's paying plus 1,200. Whoa. Stuart Sink. Stuart Sink. Yep. He, he won this. Uh, in a No, he, was, he didn't win me. Anyway, I heard his name lately. That's... <laughs> That's a gimme for me, I think. Anyway, okay, so we're going with our top 10 pick. I'm picking, uh, I watched him break his ankle live at the Masters, Ooh. Tony Finau. He's also at plus 300, so not a huge odds there, but uh, he's my he's my top 10 pick, Tony Finau. My next pick for top 10 is a plus 1,200. Oh, my God. Brendan Grace. You're gonna. I'm going to waste $20 on your two first picks. <laughs> Brendan Grace. Brendan Grace. Top yep. ten. Yep. All right, you're just not, just give me the trophy. Um, and my top five pick. There is no one more consistent right now on the PGA Tour. I'm sure you could probably guess who I'm going to say. Jordan Spieth. Oh, I think he's he's due for a. And he's playing pretty good. It's it, he's actually the best odds that I have, plus six hundred to get in the top five. So I'll okay, be ten bucks on him, taking home seventy. I'm going with uh, John Rahm. Oh, my God. For top five. All your picks may not make the cut. <laughs> <laughs> That's my style. Either make the cut or win. I, I love. I like, so far, just having discussed this, I like this style a little bit better. We've got the we got the odds there. I like what was that. Rams? What was Rams? Plus 333. 333. Okay. So those are our picks. Um, if all three of mine come in, that's uh, sweet plus 1,200. Um, and uh, if he makes... If any of his come in, then you're you can retire early. Yes. Um, like I said last week, it was I'm done picking Patrick Reed. I got too much blowback from, from yeah from listeners. I think we've got some unsubscribes. Four unsubscribes like who were yeah. disgusted with his Patrick Reed picks. I think I heard I heard from the grapevine that Brian Affleck was going to stop listening if I kept if I picked Patrick Reed one more time in the picks. So anyway, he let me down last week. He's done. Uh, anything else you want to talk about here this morning? No, uh, we had a great interview with the guys, and once again, you know, keep saying appreciate uh, all the feedback from the listeners. If you have any, reach out. Uh, but uh, 
We got some good interviews coming up too. We're not going to divulge yep. yet. Not sitting on our laurels. We got uh, we got a lot of good informa- or a lot of good uh, content coming up. And uh, thanks so much for listening. Can't wait for you guys to uh, to listen to uh, this one. Obviously, you've already listened to it if you got to this point. But uh, thanks again for Jeff and Jamie to being on. And uh, still still searching for that sponsor too. So if there's anyone there with uh, connections, you know, hook us up. We'd love to love to love to cover our hosting costs. <laughs> The, the the froth milk is not cheap, or, or get or get uh, yeah I know, <laughs> or, or or get uh, get some free golf. Okay, well other than that, let's yeah. uh, let's sign off. Thanks. Have a good week, everybody, and we will talk to you next week. Take care, guys.